0: everyone, welcome to this week's sermon podcast of B-Church. Here, you can listen to our latest weekly sermons for your spiritual growth. We believe that this message will really bless you. Amen. Can you guys hear me? Come on, wave your hand if you can hear me. The word says, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, So I've been disobedient, (laughs) and I've wrestled wrestled against flesh and blood. That's why I look like this this evening, amen? So I'm going to ask you to bear with me. You know I love to move, and I'm going to move tonight, but I I might be restricted, okay? And if I fall over, (laughs) and it's not the presence, amen, come and pick me up, it might be the painkillers, praise God, amen? I'm excited to be here tonight, and I just want to just say that it's, it's a privilege for me to, to minister the word of God. It's always an honor. Amen. Who knows that we shouldn't take, we shouldn't take things for granted? Who knows that? Come on. So I don't want to take this for granted. I just want to share from my heart tonight that it's, it's always a privilege for me and I take it very seriously when I minister the word of God and I'm going to be quick tonight because I want us to pray. Amen. We heard a sermon this morning. Pastor Anzal spoke about. We're busy with a series on the apostolic, about the apostolic movement, about the proton believer, what it means to be first to break ground. And this morning she spoke on a mission, a strategy the ability to analyze, to organize, to deputize the blueprint of what the word says, our responsibility to go up to the mountain and go down the mountain for God blesses the coming and the going and to be effective in what God has called us, amen. And tonight I'm going to continue and just speak on the function of the apostolic in this season and I'm going to be quick, I'm really going to be quick, but I want you to open your heart to receive what the Holy Spirit has to say for you tonight, amen. Come on guys, you're going to have to preach with me. We're not allowed tonight. Someone once said, I never count the people, I weigh them. Amen. Amen. Are you weighty? Come on, wave your hand if you wait. I'm not talking about the scale, guys. I'm talking about, yeah, in your spirit. Are you weighty? Amen. Amen. So I want you to preach with me tonight. I'm going to just continue on what we said this morning. And I'm going to ask the ministry team and the elders to come forward. And we're going to start praying for people. And just for an activation and a mobilization for the season. Amen. God is faithful. I want to share something. <clears throat> I don't know who this is for, but when I'm when I prepared the word, this is what came up in my spirit. Impatience produces the enemy of your promise. Ishmael. Impatience produces the enemy of your promise. I'm gonna release that tonight because I feel some of you are maybe impatient with certain things. Amen. But there's a timing. There's a space where God releases us to move into a certain thing. Wait for God's timing. Wait for him to send you. I'm going to touch on that now. But impatience will produce the enemy of your promise. Amen. God is faithful. He was always faithful. He's still faithful today. Amen. Someone once said if God was on time for Lazarus, he would have only received healing. (laughs) Now he received the miracle. Amen. So if you're not looking for healing, if you're looking for a miracle, be patient. Trust the process. Trust God, amen. Trust His Holy Spirit. We're going to touch on on the apostolic tonight. I'm going to just, who have you watched? There was a movie, not probably a movie, a series long ago. It was called Mythbusters. Who watched that? All right, amen. So we're gonna we're gonna bust a few myths tonight, amen, and then we're gonna go into the word of God. Can we do that? Yes. Are you gonna preach with me? Yes. All right. True or false, <laughs> we can safely say that apostleship is not synonymous with writing scripture. I wish we could all just be like, yeah. <laughs> True or false? We can, we can safely say that apostleship is not synonymous with writing scripture. So what I'm saying is, you can only be an apostle if you write scripture. True or false? Come on. All right. So it says Matthew, Peter, James, and John, and Paul wrote recognized scripture. Amen. Amen. Andrew, Philip, Thomas, and the other James never contributed to the New Testament writings. Luke, who is the writer of Luke and also the writer of Acts, was never called an apostle. Amen? So that's the first myth busted. Okay, I'm just going to lay a foundation quickly, guys, so that we can understand, because you're speaking about the apostolic, and I want you to understand, let let me say this. Who knows the Bible is, is not a book? Who knows the Bible is 66 books? written over 1,500 years by 40 different authors. Does it make it the Bible? No, but it makes it worth considering. And sometimes in the earth, when something new is introduced, it makes it worth considering. So we've been exposed to this new concept called the apostolic, the proton, what it means to be sent. And oftentimes people have a preconceived idea of what an apostle is or what the apostolic is about okay maybe i should have started with that so that's why we're gonna we're gonna bust a few myths amen all right so you do not have to write scripture to be an apostle or to move in the apostolic we all agree all right acts fourteen fourteen. if we can get that on quickly It says, but when when the apostles, Barnabas and Paul, heard of it, they tore their garments and rushed out into the crowd crying out, men, why are you doing these things? We also are men of like nature with you, and we bring you good news that you should turn from these vain things to the living God who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is in them. Okay. So it's very clearly, it says, but when the apostle Barnabas, who means son of encouragement and Paul, okay so who believes that there's only 12 apostles, because God initially ordained 12 apostles, who believes there's only 12 I love the kids, eh, where's Conrad, eh (laughs) they're raising their hands, amen you're still getting to this portion in the Bible Alright, so the word says when Barnabas and Paul So, another myth busted We don't only have 12 apostles In fact, we see many other introduced in the New Testament Amen? Amen. We see Apollos, we see Timothy, Silvanus We see this concept being introduced to the New Testament Which means to me that it's still applicable to the modern day church Amen? Because the original blueprint for the church was the, the Church of Acts We see an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We see a blueprint. We see the church started, and we're still continuing in that place. All right? So now we know that you don't have to write Scripture to be an apostle or move in the apostolic, and we know that there's more than 12 apostles. God initially ordained 12 apostles, then later Paul, technically 13, and then we see Sylvanus. we see Apollos. Okay, so we continue. Are you guys with me? Who believes you have to be an eyewitness of the risen Christ to be called an apostle? False. I like this. Can you say that all together? One, two, three. False. 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 Amen. You guys know your Bible. All right. <clears throat> we consider other names in Scripture, and we can't be sure that they all had a, a, a visible encounter with Christ. Amen. So we know that you don't have to have seen the risen Christ to move in the apostolic. I want to just lay this foundation, guys, because you're going to know why, why we're going to get there. Amen. So open your hearts and open your spirits to receive what the Holy Spirit is saying. Okay. <clears throat> Who believes that you have to plant a church to be an apostle? Why am I even here tonight, guys? Good <laughs> luck, like four out of four. Amen. So this is what the word says. <clears throat> we know that Paul planted churches. Amen. Originally. But we don't have accurate historic data that indicates that every other apostle also planted a church and we know that just as i mentioned luke the writer of luke and the writer of acts wasn't called an apostle so do you have to be an apostle do you have to plant a church to be an apostle all right you don't have to be now people are going to fight with me theologically and i love that amen because that's what the word of god says we don't have an historic account of all the apostles planting churches yet we see Jesus ordaining them as apostles which means proton which means first which means send one amen all right so here we go what is a modern day apostle what does it look like when we speak about being apostolic being an apostolic church moving in the apostolic what does it look like today for us as a church do you mind if I'm just going to? Can I just teach a bit tonight for a while before we go? Is that fine? So, what does it look like when we are a modern day apostle? Okay. So, the word apostle means send one. Send one. Look at your neighbor. Say, you are a send one. Hey, you guys are jumping the gun. Come on. I said, you are a send one. It communicates a mission or a purpose. That's why Jesus used it, this term. Jesus wanted to communicate a purpose. And in order for us to be sent once, it means there has to be a sender, a sendee, a purpose for being sent, and a people or a place being sent to. So when God uses the word apostolic, for you are an apostle and God ordains them, There's a purpose communicated, but we know there's a sender. There's a sendee. There's a purpose for being sent and a place being sent to. Do we all agree? That's important, amen? All right. So technically what we're saying is this. The apostolic means this. Someone sent somewhere by someone to do something. All right, let's say that again. So we're going to just make this, de-spookify this whole apostle and apostle. We're just going to make this simple. It's someone sent somewhere by someone to do something. Can you relate to that? Are you someone? Have you been sent somewhere by someone to do something? Then you move in the apostolic. Amen. We can close the service. You can close your eyes. Thank you. No, I'm kidding. All right, guys. So this is what it means. God has ordained us. We know that the word says that he's the chief apostle. No, there was a mission. God came to the earth to reconcile. Jesus came to the earth to reconcile the earth back to God. And you and I have a purpose. You and I have a mission. And if we believe that we are someone, amen, sent somewhere by someone to do something, then we're already moving the apostolic. Amen? You look at me like, really? Really? (laughs) Really? Come on, look at me. Say amen. Amen. All right. But now we have to understand what this looks like. What does this term apostolic, when we believe that we are someone sent somewhere by someone to do something, what does this look like? How does this function? All right. Now, this is what the word says. The apostolic has a kingdom focus as opposed to a church focus. I want you to hear my heart tonight. The apostolic has a kingdom focus as opposed to a church focus. So for those of you who like coming to church on a Sunday, I've got bad news for you. Amen. You've got six other days in which this ordaining and this purpose must function. Amen. So it's a kingdom focus. We know that the word says the kingdom of God is inside of us. Okay. The apostolic has a heart for God's kingdom to impact and influence society Outside the four walls of this church. Okay, I'm going to rephrase. We are not someone sent somewhere to church by someone to do something in church every Sunday so he can be glorified. When we say that we are moving in an apostolic function, we are saying that God has called us to have a kingdom focus as opposed to a church focus. And that we believe that what we are doing here should go outside the four walls of the church. What we do from a Monday to a Saturday matters more than what we do on a Sunday morning. Can I say that, Yaku? Is that theologically correct? All right. Do you hear me? We have to move. God has purposed and ordained us to go to the world, to reach those who are lost. Amen. All right, so let's see what, what Galatians say. Galatians 2, 7 to 10. This is going to be our main scripture tonight. It says, on the contrary, when they saw that it had been entrusted with the gospel to the uncircumcised, just as Peter had been entrusted with the gospel to the circumcised. For he had worked through Peter for his apostolic ministry to the circumcised, worked also through me for mine to the Gentiles. That's Paul. And when James and C.F.I. and John, who seemed to be pillars, Perceived the grace that was given to me they gave the right hand of fellowship to Barnabas and me and we should go to the Gentiles and they should be and they to be circumcised next verse only they ask us listen to this only they ask us to remember the poor the very thing I was eager to do All right, let's try this again. Only let us remember the poor, for this is the thing that I was eager to do. Who knows that the apostolic focuses on the multitudes? Come on, guys. The apostolic focuses on the multitudes. And this is what it says. It has to be reformative and it has to be transformative. When we believe that we are sinned once, we have to go into a world, just as Pastor Anzal spoke this morning, go up the mountain, because God blesses the coming and the going, and I believe that a fruitful coming produces a fruitful going. So if there's a blessed coming, if there's a fruitful coming, there's there's a fruitful going. And when God sends us, and we go into this world, into this multitude, then it has to be reformative, and it has to be transformative. Amen. All right. So it speaks about kingdom power and authority. And this is why we see Paul challenging the Corinthians. Who knows why Paul challenged the Corinthians? He said, you guys are following different leaders. You are following different leaders to see what? To see what power they have in their lives. So, Paul comes up and he challenges this Corinthian church because of what they're busy with. Amen? And before I go into the context, I want to say this, and I want you to hear my heart. Reformative, transformative. We have a responsibility, guys, wherever you are, whether you're a lawyer, whether you're a doctor, whether you're an admin, whether you're a stay home mom, doesn't matter. The reality is this function calls for us to go into the world and transform and reform. Amen? That is apostolic. It is outside the four walls of this church. And I'm going to hammer on that tonight because I believe that there's a shift. We spoke about a year of multiplication. We spoke about a year where God's going to mobilize, but we have to know what we mobilized for. Amen? We know what we have to be mobilized for. And we have to understand that the, reformat- the reformation and the transformation needs to take place outside of these four walls. Okay. So let's look at the apostolic function in local churches. I'm going to touch on five things quickly. What is the apostolic function? and How is it, how is, how is it applicable to be church? Do you want, who wants to know? How is the apostolic function applicable to B-Church? Guys, I said you're going to preach with me. Come on. I'm, I, I'm really trying my best not to. I'm teaching. I want to bring a revelation to your heart. And if you don't correspond, I'm going to get fiery and we're going to start preaching the word of God. Amen? I want you to hear me tonight. B-Church, how is the apostolic movement applicable to B-Church? This is the first thing. One, the apostolic must develop social missionaries. If you've got a notebook, write that down. The apostolic must develop social missionaries. So what does that mean? The apostolic culture must be revealed through the church and through the believers who are part of it. Okay? These believers are equipped to be missionaries, to be part of society, the society they interact with, to bring a a reformation and a transformation. So the apostolic means that when we come to be church on a Sunday, we are equipped to go and make a difference in that place where we function outside of a Sunday. Amen? It's as simple as that. You have to come here and be equipped, that's the apostolic, so that you can go and make a difference where God has called you. This is the gathering of the saints, amen, and we don't neglect this, but I'm saying this because you need to understand that you're coming here for a reason. You're not only coming here together as saints. You're only coming here. I meant to worship God. We also come here to receive because God blesses the coming and the going. So after the coming, there's a going. And often a time I believe that the church fails in the going. We're good in the coming. We're good coming together. We can worship. We can sing. But when it comes to us stepping out into that marketplace, with When when it comes to that place where you have to make a call and you know it's a moral call and you want to say something but you're not sure if you're going to say something and then when you leave that boardroom you say Lord i just uh, come on are you with me? We come to church that God can equip us the Holy Spirit can equip us to go into the world and make a difference where we work on a daily basis Monday to Friday whatever that is Amen? That's the first thing of, of the apostolic it has to develop a social missionary something outside of church okay secondly the apostolic motivates for kingdom impact it always looks to advance and extend the influence of the kingdom the apostolic has to advance the kingdom of god amen the apostolic has to it has to it has to amen it has to extend and influence the kingdom of god and it will always prevent the local church from being narrow-minded and self-centered. If there's an apostolic movement in a church, this church cannot be narrow-minded. It cannot be self-centered. We don't come to church for what we can receive. We don't come to church because we feel pity for ourselves and the world is so tough out there. And Eskom promised to put back the power, but they haven't done so. And no, we come to church, Amen so we can be equipped, so we can go into a marketplace and make a difference and advance the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Okay? This is why we come to church. And I'm not, I'm on sensitive TV, and I, don't know, I, I don't want to be unsensitive. Tonight, I want you to hear my heart. It's nice to have cappuccinos. Amen? I have a lot of them. Thank you, bro. But when we come to church, there's a greater cause. There's a greater mission waiting for us. Tomorrow morning when I set foot into that workplace, I have to be ready to understand that I have to bring transformation and reformation. And the Holy Spirit has called me to be an effective, not a witness, an effective witness for God. Amen? All right. So one, the apostolic motivates... Sorry. The apostolic develops social missionaries. I want you to understand that. It has to be outside the four walls. Two, it motivates for kingdom impact. It has to advance and extend the influence of the, of, the, of the kingdom. Three, the apostolic directs missional momentum. The apostolic will always direct missional momentum. So this means that the apostolic will always motivate, encourage, challenge, and direct. The apostolic will motivate, encourage, challenge, and direct what? The church to move forward in its mission that's the role of the apostolic. The apostolic has to encourage the church, challenge the church, direct the church to go forward in its mission. Do you have a mission? Amen? So the apostolic by nature will encourage you. It will challenge you. Let me just say this. Who have you been challenged this last two months? Just by (laughs) the wo- <laughs> just by the word that it's been ministered, the shift in, in, in what's taking place in the season. See, God's doing something. But you have to understand it's for the advancement of his kingdom. God wants to challenge us, he wants to direct us and move us so that we can be effective in that mission. Amen? Come on. The Second thing under the apostolic directs missional momentum is this, it must deploy and release people and leaders. The apostolic will deploy people and it will release and deploy leaders. Otherwise, it's not apostolic by nature. I want you to hear me, guys. And now you're saying, no, oh, but Pastor, no. You have a responsibility like shall said this morning. You know that God wants to deploy. You know that God wants to send you out as a leader. You know the season is ready, but you choose not to come up and take the 50 Rand, amen? Because it's comfortable. It's comfortable for you to come to church on a Sunday and then come back next week Sunday and come back next week Sunday. If you want to move in what God has called you and what God has ordained you, you have to take the responsibility to say, God, I'm going to step out by faith. This might not be easy. This might not be nice. I don't know what it's going to. Listen, God is faithful. I want you to know God is faithful. God is faithful, but you have a responsibility. If we say that the apostolic by nature deploys people and deploys leaders, it means we have to get leaders from this church. We have to see other churches because we're saying that it goes outside of these four walls and then to another church and outside of those four walls and then to another church in the Eastern Cape and then out of the... Are you with me, guys? But we have a responsibility. All right. The apostolic alliance... Two more points. The Apostolic Alliance Organizational Architecture. So what does this mean? It says an effective mission is best served by a healthy church. An effective mission is best served by a healthy church. You know what I love to say now? I praise God for this church. Because this is a healthy church. I praise God for this church because this is a healthy church. I know how the leaders pray and how they seek God. And I know that God is busy doing something. And I know that effectively the mission is served by a healthy church. Amen? And that's what we want to do. Achieve that mission. And then it says, the understanding of governance and leadership is key to the apostolic. Governance and leadership. Guys, we've spoken about this before. God says, Genesis, God speaks to us. We're given the dominion, we're given authority. And we've summarized this, but we said, produce, multiply, occupy, govern. Produce, multiply, occupy, govern. Produce, multiply. Can you shake your head so I know I have to stop? Produce, <laughs> multiply, occupy govern my question is how faithfully are you occupying the space god has granted you in this season how faithfully are you occupying that space yaku how faithfully are you occupying that space as a business owner how faithfully are you occupying that space as a husband how faithfully are you occupying that space as a mother how faithfully are you occupying that space As a brother, how faithfully are you occupying the space God has granted you in this season? Amen. Because after occupation comes governance. But we cannot govern if we haven't occupied. They had to first go into the land. See, now I want to start. I'm not going to. You can only govern once you've occupied. You can only govern once you've occupied. And we get frustrated because we're not governing. We don't see the minion. And the reason why you're not seeing the minion is because you haven't occupied. You haven't taken that space yet that God has granted you. You haven't stepped into what God has given you. And you're getting frustrated because the governance is lacking. But the minion is lacking. The authority is lacking. But you haven't occupied. See, it's only, when, it's only once the title deed is in, in your name. Amen. okay let me say this i've got a last point in accounting we've got something that's called substance over form have you heard about that okay so when you buy a property uh, and you finance it through a certain bank who owns the property you or the bank the bank who decides who can sleep at your house and at your house Okay, so now it's confusing. The bank owns the property, but you decide who bries there. Amen, it's called substance over form. And I'm saying this because this is what happens in the spiritual world. We want to govern over things we don't own because we haven't occupied the space God has granted us in this season. It says where your foot will tread, that I will give you. But you have to move. You have to put your foot on that place. You have to move where God wants you to go so that you can occupy that space. And then the dominion, and then the governance will come. Amen? Okay, the apostolic must strengthen the gospel foundation. This is important. It says, Christ is the chief cornerstone. Who knows that the word says the church is built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. But who is the chief cornerstone? Who? the chief apostle. See, we miss this thing. The foundation of the church is built on the apostles and the prophets. But the chief apostle is Jesus. And the word says that God so loved the world that he sent his only son. Which means the apostolic cannot function without love and without grace. We have this idea that the apostolic is just fire and we're bringing a certain thing and we're taking ground. and yes, we do. But it cannot function and it cannot serve the mandate without love and without grace. Without love and without grace. And it stirred my heart when I read that story about David who said, be gentle with Absalom. I saw a king displaying grace because he understands. And I want to leave this with you. Paul wanted his churches to correctly understand the meaning and the implications of the gospel, both theologically and practically. If you go read the letters, you'll understand that he wanted his churches to understand the gospel, which was newer to them than to us, amen. He wanted them to understand it not only theologically, but practically, amen. What does it mean to take the gospel out into the world when God says from Jerusalem to Dijon? What does it look like when we take the gospel into the world? And this is the point that I want to make tonight. If we say that we're going to be an apostolic church and if we believe that we have to influence and expand God's kingdom, but we know that it has to be outside these four walls, what does it look like when we're taking the gospel there? We cannot take the gospel without love and without grace we have a responsibility to be the hands and feet of Jesus. To bring about a transformation and a reformation in a world that hurts. In a world that has no hope. Amen? So the apostolic has a love (laughs) and a grace side to it. And I really believe that that's also a portion that this church will move in because of the father and mother of this house when I met Pastor Wilmot the very first time I heard a sermon where he spoke about the father heart of God and he was still a young man but it impacted my life because I understood he carried something about being a father he understood something about grace and about love and we are under that covering and I believe that our apostolic movement, the movement that we're going to go and expand beyond these four walls, will have love and will have grace to it. Amen. The word says you can come boldly to my throne of grace. My question is can we be gracious to a world that needs Jesus? even in this violent man takes his kingdom by force, even in being that warrior inside of you, can you also display God's love and God's grace? Can you remember the day when, God, when you first felt God's love? The day when you understood that his grace is sufficient for you? That day. So I'm going to close with that. And then we're going to take up an offering. This is my heart for tonight. May we as a church in this season say, yes, Lord, we are ready to move in the apostolic. May we say that we are ready to occupy what God has granted us in this season. And may we be A church, B church, who shows God's love and God's grace so that people can be transformed and reformed. Amen. You can close your eyes. We're just going to take up an offering and I'm just going to close with this. And then if you guys need ministry, you're welcome to come forward afterwards. For those of you who have to leave, you can also do so. When I close the service, we can just continue for those that, that wants to come for prayer. But I just, I just want to share something in my heart quickly when it comes to, to taking up an offering. I've shared this scripture with you before, but it's really close to my heart. Luke 16 verse 11 says, If therefore ye have not been faithful in unrighteous mammon, who will commit to you trust and true riches? And if ye have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? And we spoke about occupation. You can close your eyes. We spoke about occupation. We spoke about taking ground and taking what God has for us in this season. But then the scripture says if we can't be faithful It cannot be entrusted to us. And do you know that true riches in the word of God does not deal with money? It deals with a substance that money cannot buy. It deals with healing the sick and raising the dead. It deals with peace in your children and peace in your home. But it comes from a place of stewardship comes from a place of being faithful see God deals with a principle and he says that mankind came to a place where they worshipped the creation above the creator but we can only rule creation and take that dominion that dominion and that authority over the place we should occupy when we place our Creator above the creation. And when we give, we declare that He lives. When we give, we declare that He is faithful. So Father, I thank You that we can come as a church tonight and declare that we love you, declare that we are dependent on you and you alone. Father, declare that we know that you live. Father, I thank you that you are Jehovah Jireh, still today. You are still Jehovah Jireh today. So, Father, I thank you for every seed sown, not only tonight, every seed that was sown in this year, every seed that was sown last year, every seed that was sown the year before last year. Father, I speak to every seed that is dormant, and I command it, Lord, to yield its fruits in Jesus' mighty name. And, Father, where the enemy has stolen, your word says you will come, and you will give it back seven times. And I speak that over everybody in Jesus' mighty name. Father, we thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for your goodness. I thank you, God, that this will not only be a season of reconciliation, but of multiplication in Jesus' mighty name. Father, I thank you for your hand of favor, and I thank you for your grace. And, Lord, as we close this service tonight, I pray that you will stir our hearts, Lord, to faithfully occupy the space that you have granted us as B-Church in this season that we will go outside of these four walls as mothers, as fathers, as brothers and transform and reform a community and that we will go and show that you are love and that you are gracious. Father, I thank you that signs and miracles will follow. Thank you, Lord, that we can just know, just know in our hearts that you are in control. Father, I pray for that peace over every heart right now. In Jesus' mighty name. Father, I send them out. I thank you that you will go with them, that you will make your face shine upon them, that you will be gracious to them in this week. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody says, Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. If you would like to know more about who we are and what we do, Go visit our website at bechurch.co.za. Reformed to function. Let's be church.